In the Green Room with Bob O'Brien, brought to you by SOS Global Express. I have a very, very special person in the green room with me today. And all the way through these podcasts, I've asked a few straightforward enough questions. And one of them is about unsung heroes on tour. And I reckon that that most of us would answer that that would be the drivers or it would be the caterers or production coordinator. So today I have an unsung hero on tour and someone I consider a good friend uh, through our time touring together. She's been in the industry for 27 years. Unsung hero, Steffi Head. Thanks for coming to the green room. Hello, Bob. How are you doing? I'm really good, yeah, no, it's good to see you. Mm. About a year and a half since we last worked together. Yeah, and uh, we did see each other briefly in Dublin on the script, uh, just for a bit, but I mean, of course, that was a working day for you. And it was just a quick hello across the room and I was gone again. Yeah. Yeah, and then I left after that to go to Melbourne to go into the Grand Prix. Yeah, I remember. Uh, and and um, we got there and it was cancelled. We sort of like got to got to the site and then we all sort of huddled together and it was like, right, that's it. Was there many of you travelled out to that? Um, there was about 25, 30 of us, plus the band party. Yeah. So, which I didn't even see them. It was just literally got there. And um, yeah, and then just potted about Melbourne for a couple of days, waiting for the flight to get back. So it wasn't really sort of, you know, you sort of think, oh, brilliant, yeah, a couple of days off in Melbourne, but yeah, just yeah. a bit scary, really, just wanting to get back. I can imagine. Yeah. Well, Steffi, would you give us, uh, for the listeners, would you give us a bit of background where you started in music industry and how it started for you? Well, I, I sort of fell into it, really. I think like quite a lot of people. And um, I was, a friend of mine was working for John Denver, at Sheffield for City Hall for the day and said to me, oh, we just need somebody to come along and do a bit of washing up and maybe make some sandwiches for John Denver. And I was like, yeah, all right then. So I posted down there, thought, oh, there's going to be loads of gorgeous roadies. <laughs> Wrong. Um, <laughs> that, wasn't it, quite, it, that didn't quite pan out. Right, and, and it's been wrong ever since, is it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got one now. So. <laughs> yeah. And actually, what a, what a beautiful one you have as well. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Byers, yeah. yeah. Mr. Byers, yeah. But yeah, so um, I went into it and just had, it was just lovely. Everyone was, it was just a really different thing. I didn't even know that job existed. Mm. So anyway, then I did another day and another day. Then a bit about four years later on down the line, I'd stopped doing my photography <laughs> and Wendy from Popcorn Catering phoned up and was like, can you come on tour? So I was like, yeah, all right then. So I went on tour around Europe for five weeks with Darren, Darren starts. Oh, and yeah. then I was like, that was me. That was, that was my one and only tour that I was going to do. And now, 20 odd years later, and I'm, well, now I'm sitting at home. But <laughs> yeah, generally, I'm, um, yeah, doing it full time. It's kind of, it's not like, I won't say it's addictive, but it's almost, it's, it's like really we all sort of at one point ran away with the circus and just yeah. kind of never got off that uh, stop or that train yeah, or whatever. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It was a posh gypsies, I think. That's all oh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Travelling around the world in a bus. <laughs> uh, tell me, um, well, who was that first tour? First one was Tori Amos. 98 was my first tour, so 22 years ago this month. So did you, was it you or Darren, as you mentioned there, we, did, you end, did you or Darren end up as a personal chef for Tori at one point? Darren did for a bit, and then a guy called Duncan took over. So, mm. but, I mean, we, it was just a lovely little tour. It was great. Mm. 
And um, yeah, insight into Germany. Never thought I'd go to Germany if I hadn't ever done this job. And um, yeah, got to go to Berlin. I was like, God, this is brilliant, getting paid to go to all these places. I mean, you're a tour chef and you're yeah. a catering manager, depending on the role and depending on the job. Would you give us a rundown of a typical day as, a, I suppose, a catering manager on tour, managing the whole team? Okay, well, you sort of, well, you get up early in the morning and um, I generally go shopping most on most tours. So I'd, um, be, I'd normally try and get the runner to meet me. So the runner is like a, a local person who's got a van, preferably got a van, uh, not a smart car as that's happened in Italy. And, um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like, so yeah, get up early. We're generally about seven, six thirty, seven o'clock. I'll try and go out with the runner. Preferably he'll know where he's going and um, takes me to a supermarket. It's me and sometimes another chef as well, depending how, how many we're cooking for. And then we'll just do like supermarket sweep with about eight trolleys around the supermarket. Get back to the gig. I'll send the runner off then to go to the cash and carry. And we'll bother either load in, which is like, because we have all our catering equipment with us. So literally all we need when we get to a venue is tables and chairs and power and hot and cold running water. And also sometimes in Italy, you don't get that either. <laughs> just seems to be, Italy comes up quite a lot in this. <laughs> Yeah, so we uh, yeah get that load in, cook breakfast, get the lunch together, get that sorted, and um and then we've got dressing rooms that we have to put all the riders in, and um I'll probably make a few cakes, make some desserts, and then be nice to everybody at dinner time when we're serving, <laughs> and then after the after the gig's finished, we we load out during the show, and then which is like just putting all our all our stuff back in the flight cases and getting it all, all neatly packed together. And then, um, yeah, after the show, we wait for the artist to bugger off and then we clear out all the dressing rooms, get back on the bus, have a couple of hours kip and do it all again the next day. <laughs> Pivot the role to play and everybody has their own gig to do and stuff. But yeah. I think the word the unsung heroes come, comes in really is that um, every part of every, there, there's no part of the day where you get literally 10 minutes to well, any of the team or any yeah. the chefs or the caterers or anything. You just don't get, I mean, you, you know what? You barely get like five minutes to go out the back to have like a cigarette or something like that. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's constant procession, even though it's breakfast, lunch and dinner, there's a constant procession through catering every day. Yeah, totally. The tables can, you know, everything has to be tip top shape. Yeah. And, and, you know, sometimes even if you do get your five minutes, someone's bound to come up to ask you where the production office is, where the toilet is. Have you got a towel? <laughs> have you got a plastic bag? Actually, you're like, you know what? I'm going to ask you this, but I've just remembered from tours we do. That I think one of the most annoying things for you on tours, somebody asking you where? The toilet is. <laughs> But it's men always asking me, and I'm like, why don't you ask a man what the men's toilet is? <laughs> I even had one bloke once, and we were in, um, I was in Norway, and one of the local crew actually came out of the toilet and told me there was no loo roll in there. <laughs> and I was carrying like I was carrying the artist's dinner to his dressing room, and I'm like, what? <laughs> Do I look like a bloody cleaner? <laughs> Or new role dispenser. You know what? It's like uh, it's like uh, it's like something out of a carry-on sketch or something like that. It is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know behind sight? I should have said to him, "I'll go back in there and I'll pop you one underneath in a minute, and then never gone back." <laughs> Steffi, twenty-seven years in the business. Uh, would you give us a list of artists you've worked for? 
well I've done the script as you mentioned mm -hmm. um, that was that was the last tour I did before all this pandemic mm -hmm. um, Robbie Williams I do a bit personal for him so that's why I went over to Australia just just gone um, I do Kylie um, aha just before Christmas aha oh. <laughs> um, I've done Blur um, Mumford and Sons gosh do you know what there's a whole list a lot Lionel Richie yeah. don't go and I can't think of one off the top of my head now. <laughs> you know what, after, after we chat, you'll probably think about another 10 or 12. I'll probably think about another 100. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Just loads. Lionel, I've done quite a lot of times. Hmm. Um, Robbie, I've done quite a lot. And, well, for, since 2003, really, sort of pretty much every oh, single wow. tour. Wow. And then for the last two four years just been doing a bit of personal for him mm -hmm. so do you, do you what is there anything you prefer more do you prefer the personal chefing it's, do you know what i really like doing everything because it just keeps it interesting yeah so you know i'll be looking after the dressing rooms on one tour and a bit personal on another tour and then running another tour and then sometimes just going out and just being like the extra person which is brilliant because you know, you just, you haven't really got all the other responsibilities of accounts and all the paperwork and everything like that. So that's quite nice. That's quite a nice breezy mm. sort of one that is. <laughs> you know, isn't it, um, isn't it amazing the last, uh, I mean, so 27 years, I'm going to say the last 15 years, let's say, just a different uh, needs on tour, especially dietary needs. Yes. Oh, do you know, when I first started, yeah, it was there was there was a couple of people. There was maybe a celiac, or there was somebody that was you know um, dairy intolerant, or you know there was we had a couple, maybe a vegan come up. But now it's just like every there's not one tour that somebody isn't you know have, have an intolerance against something. Yeah. So I mean, like the paperwork that we do now is just folders and folders of it. Yeah. So, but you know, it's better to be safe than sorry. It's good that we know you know. Um, how to how to like look after everybody's needs i mean we do you know we have all our allergy sheets and everything and yeah. you know now now people, production managers generally find out what um food intolerances people have if they have any and then we get that through at the beginning of the tour so then we can work out whether we're going to keep it a nut free tour or you know basically how if we have how many vegans we have and mm -hmm. and then that sort of decides how what what sort of food choices we do in the evenings so if we get if we have quite a lot of vegans we'll probably do more you know, maybe like two fifths of the, the course, you know, the main course as vegan stroke vegetarian or, you know, so it's, um, or we can make something vegan or we can make it, you know, we always can have a bit of Parmesan or something through it. If it's pasta, then it will be a vegetarian dish or, so it just depends really, you know, when, when we, when we've seen what intolerances and what eating habits people have, we decide on what we cook. Isn't it, isn't it uh, crazy too that, um, and again, nobody specific in mind, but over the years, with somebody, I won't say allergies, but somebody who's got, let's say, a, a dietary food intolerance, put it by choice, or a dietary need. Yes, oh, and if, when we find those people out. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so, and then... I don't know, there might be a particular night where they've had a few drinks or they've, you know, gone out for a night or something like that and, you know, it's a kebab on the way home or it's a McDonald's or something like that yeah. and you kind of go, boom. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or, or it's like, oh yeah, I'm gluten-free, I'm gluten-free and then you catch them on the bus at the end of the night with their 
face full of us and have a different sandwich, so apart from the one that you made. <laughs> You're like, hang on a minute. <laughs> Patience, take a deep breath. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the time will come. <laughs> Steffi, what's, uh, what's the favourite part of touring for you? I love the people. You know, it's, it's, it's the family, isn't it? It's like you're touring family and friends and it's the camaraderie. It's just, I love the traveling, but it's the people that make it for me. Mm. And it's the friends that you make, the lifelong friends that you make. I love it. It's, that's what touring is to me. Isn't it lovely too that I talked about this before, you're, you're in that bubble. Yeah. Sometimes I wonder, you're, you, you have some great friends and some great comrades and exactly like you say, and then sometimes you think, if, if I met them in a different situation or in a different job, or maybe if I met them across a yeah. bar or something, would you strike up the same relationship with them? Yeah, exactly. Uh, isn't it, isn't it, it's kind of odd, but isn't it a fantastic part of it as well? Yeah. And you know what, some of the funny nights we've had on the bus, oh, like, yeah. uh, dancing on the ceiling, I'm just thinking of that now with Lionel Richie, yeah. and January, oh, oh. Are <laughs> hanging on me. <laughs> You're off of the week. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll see if I can get any of the Tesco's workers tomorrow morning. <laughs> <laughs> you should record them. That would yeah. be fantastic. You'd be lifting 10 kilo bags of toilet rolls and you'd be singing January. Yeah. <laughs> What's your least favourite part of touring? Being away from home. And now I get to appreciate my garden because I'm always uh, away at this time of the year. I'm going... I didn't know I had that plant. <laughs> like, I mean, things are coming up. I'm blooming. I'm going, what's that? They out every year. And I'm going, I've never seen it before. <laughs> so I suppose you, it was a bit of a panic getting back from Melbourne. Oh, yeah. yeah. Getting home. So obviously you were, you were home like the rest of us and everything just stopped more or less overnight. Yeah. And would you, would you tell us what you're doing now? Um, I'm doing the internet shopping for people that can't actually get out so I'm going I'm working in Tesco's picking up everybody's shopping for them um, but we start at 4am and so is where we should be off the shop floor we should have done all the shopping by the time the customers come in at nine I mean there's a, there's the um, hour for the NHS at eight o'clock but there's not so many people so we still do a little bit of shopping then but um so we should really be off the shop floor by nine o'clock and then we have to pack it all up into bags get it all ready for, to go on the truck so I'm basically doing sort of four in the morning till about 11. It's a bit like a work, a work day, but just uh, condensed. So is it your local Tesco's? Yes, it is. So I just wandered down there. It's only like 15 minutes walk away. It was quite novel to start with going in at three, you know, leaving here, leaving the house at, was it 20 to four in the morning? And I was like, oh, it's so nice. The bird song and it's all quiet and everything. Now I'm just like, is he 20 to four in the morning? That didn't take long to wear off. I can tell you that. <laughs> Is there, is there many on the shift with you? There's probably about, about they've taken 50 temporary staff on and um, I do five shifts a week. Yeah, there's about 30, 30 people that shop at the time. We do, um, we do up to 700 trolleys, like, which is about 60 to 70,000 items that we pick. In that time? Every morning, every morning, yeah. It is bonkers and the people that's trying to stop the shelves we're coming along taking it off and it's just it's crazy it did peak about a week and a half ago and it seems to have calmed down a bit now yeah it's still pretty full on so i don't know how long it will last and yeah. how long they'll keep us on for but, but but i've not been asked where the toilets are yet so that's a bonus <laughs> <laughs> it's good it's it's good to keep keep busy 
and yeah. be out there doing something like you know I sort of said to, said to Dave when I was um like thinking of applying for doing something you know around that and um and I said I sort of want to do it to help out um I said because it's definitely not for the minimum wage right. <laughs> yeah. an, an hour's pay won't even get me a glass of wine in one of the hotels we're staying on tour yeah. <laughs> but you know it's um it's 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 good it's good to, it's good to get you know keep keep busy and to you know help out is it very humbling not at four in the morning <laughs> <laughs> i feel better about I, I do feel i do feel like i'm doing some good yeah, yeah. um when i come back at what 11 12 o'clock sometimes but yeah four o'clock in the morning it's not very humbling <laughs> not anymore <laughs> Going back to touring, is there a most interesting period you've had in tour or, or is there a favourite tour or time? I loved our early tour because it was, because you're our production manager. Ah, thank <laughs> you. You're, you're only saying that. Fun, it? <laughs> it was such a good old, it was a good fun yeah. and like, yeah, good, a good fun tour. And uh, everyone was just got on so well. It was brilliant. Since you started, and I ask this a lot, changes in trends and how people connect, I suppose, with home or with each other these days and stuff. A lot's mm. changed in our time, definitely, hasn't it? Oh, my gosh, yeah. When I think my first tour, um, it was literally by a prepaid phone card mm. to keep in contact with mum. And then, because um, my dad had his office based, uh, uh, based in, in the house at home, and um, so I used to send them a fax every so often. And then on the second tour, I went and ended up going to Russia, but we ended up getting hijacked at the border and held to ransom for about a thousand pounds a vehicle. We were there, stuck there for like eight or nine hours. And, um, and then we finally got, to, finally got to the gig in Moscow. And I sent my mum and dad a fax, <laughs> just going, hello, we arrived in Moscow. Bit of a traumatic journey. We got hijacked at the border, how to ransom and blah, blah, blah. Send the fax off. Since phoned them up for a couple of days, and by the time I phoned my mum, she was absolutely. <laughs> she was like, I've been so worried. You send that fax, and I don't hear anything else from you. <laughs> She's probably thinking the fax is some sort of a ransom note, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> proof, proof of life needed. <laughs> but yeah, so um, it's. I think I've, when I first had my first mobile as well, that must have been about. 99 I suppose yeah 99 I remember going on going to Europe then oh that was a bit of an eye-opener a phone bill <laughs> Same <laughs> here. Yeah. yeah I mean when um when Viber and WhatsApp and all that came through it was brilliant apart from having to try and teach my mum how to use it <laughs> like, right you're going to use this app oh I don't know I don't know about these newfangled things no you're going to use this app because it's free <laughs> Don't worry, I'll put it on the phone. <laughs> oh, tell me, most unusual rider, because I'm sure you've had some bizarre requests. Yeah, well, um, Foo Fighters, we did a, an Oasis gig at the Millennium Stadium, and there was like loads of bands playing. This is like years ago. And Foo Fighters were on just before Oasis. And I got the rider through, and it said, a goldfish in a bowl. And I was like, I'm not getting a goldfish in a bowl. dressing <laughs> room. I whittled a, a carrot into a fish, <laughs> into a fish tank, <laughs> and then hung it in a see-through trifle bowl. <laughs> Got that in the dressing room. That is hilarious. That is absolutely hilarious. <laughs> what else? Any strange requests? No, I mean, people have sort of funny thoughts and about things, you know, like, so we were just doing Liberty for Christmas. 
Pete Doherty was, um, it had a few days where he'd not been on the wagon. And he came into the gig and I'd said to him, um, oh, you know, gone over to him with the menu. I said, oh, what, could, what would you like, for, you know, would you like something to eat? And he said, oh, no, I'm not drinking today, so I don't need to eat because I don't need to soak the alcohol up. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay, all right then. <laughs> you know where I am but last year I was on a tour and I um, had to make spelt bread for one of the artists okay I was making fresh spelt bread every day and first first loaf he's, he's like oh this is lovely this is lovely same so I made the same loaf the next day and the same loaf the next day it got to about the fifth day and he's like no I don't like that loaf anymore can I have a different I don't want a different recipe and I thought I've just gotten into making that one so I made made the same <laughs> same loaf but I made it a different shape I gave it to him, and then he went, oh, I prefer that one. <laughs> <laughs> any, any hilarious moments? Lana Ritchie tour years and years ago, there was, I think there's only three women on that tour. We used to go and watch a little bit of the show every night, and then we decided on the last night to get, to get ourselves made up some t-shirts that said, Rich's bitches across the front. And they were quite tight, and I was a lot thinner then. So we all snuck on the stage, shuffled on, three of us. And so he stood behind him, and then he, and halfway through this song, he did a little spin, <laughs> and he spotted the three of us, the Rich's Bitches t-shirts on behind him, swaying around on the stage. <laughs> he carried on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you another funny story. I had to take in a, someone's, someone's dinner into their dressing room, and um, they were just finishing, <laughs> just finishing having their, you know, finishing their massage. And um, they were just about to get off the table, and I was just walking right next to the table. And they let off the largest, largest. <laughs> I had the dinner in my hand and I went, right, I'll just pop it down. <laughs> Do you like flying? Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't mind it. Actually, it's, a, it's the getting your bags and get, being at the airport each, each side that's the pain. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's okay. Um, do you know, I've, the last couple of years, because we did, we as caterers, we never really used to travel outside of Europe. We'd always be on the tour bus. But the last like three, I suppose three or four years, I've been going worldwide. So my uh, Avios points, woohoo! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and my one little jaunt back down to Melbourne got me back up to silver. So I was like that in the lounge on the way home. Woohoo! You know, catering is the heart and soul of touring. Always will be, and always was. And as a production manager, and sort of looking out for welfare of people and obviously having that in the back of your mind as well. I, I often sort of rely on someone like you, Steffi, and other caterers on tour because, um, you know, if you think somebody's off or think somebody's having a bad day or, they're, you know, they're, they're not doing so great on tour, I'd often come to you or somebody else and have a chat because you see them three times a day for dinner or not and you yeah. know who's eating yeah. and it's the heart and it's, it's the pulse of the tour catering. So you can tell if somebody's having a bad day or a bad week or yeah. you can spot it a mile away, can't you? Yeah. And we know exactly who has and who hasn't eaten. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we, we do. We're, we're like the little spies. Steffi, who would your unsung heroes be on tour? Well, I always really appreciate the local crew and the catering assistants that we have because, you know, without them, our jobs would be probably like 150% harder and they do all the backbone of our work for us so you know like you know washing up and prepping veg and and it's just nice to in because it's we're such an like enclosed little team we're in the kitchen so it's always us so it's nice to have a, a stream of people every gig 
that's yeah. different to come to. I mean, some of them we don't want them there, but you know, <laughs> 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 I had to get rid of a couple. <laughs> But I did it very nicely. If you were to buy a ticket for any gig anywhere. Well, everyone that I really want to see have all died. Bowie would have been my one, but I did I did catch him at a festival one year, at the Move Festival in Manchester. But yeah, Bowie. I'd like to see Stevie Wonder. And I've heard he'd quite like to see me too. <laughs> <laughs> so Steffi, it was lovely catching up with you. Oh, it's been um, lovely to catch up with you too. It's fantastic to have, I think, every, one of everybody's unsung heroes or one of the unsung heroes in with us. Been a pleasure touring with you all the years and lovely to see you. In the Green Room, sponsored by SOS Global Express. Proudly supporting the frontline efforts throughout the COVID-19 pandemic.